This episode of the Relationship Status Podcast is brought to you by the Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their fall and holiday collection with candle scents such as caramel latte, fireside, sweet potato and brown sugar, and our personal favorite, orange spice. The scent is cloves wrapped in a citrusy orange essence that takes you all the way back to grandma's house. This one is sure to be your favorite, just like it is ours. So visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX that's C-R-U-X for 15% off all regularly priced items that's secandlecode.com where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy Welcome back to Relationship Status. It's your girl, Nick Cruz. C.L. Butler. And your boy, Yusuf in the building. And remember, you can catch us on all podcast platforms. Just search Relationship Status Podcast. Remember that you can join the conversation, R-E-L-S-T-A-T podcast at gmail.com or hit us on the hotline, 843-310-8637. Remember to like, comment, share, five-star rate and review. We're looking for some reviews, people. Absolutely. We've been short some reviews. Yeah. And if you don't rate us five stars, you're a hater. Mm. <laughs> wow. That's just kind of sort of how it goes. But some people who could give us some form of relationship advice, a yes. good bit of relationship advice, mm-hmm. uh, is a married couple. Okay. Um, authors. Authors. Uh, the founders of Task. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to have them talk a little bit about, a lot of bit about what all it- of that. Yes. And whatever else they want to talk about. Well, we know we're going to start. We never know where we're going. We never know where we're okay. going. But welcome to the show, uh, Jamil and Tracy Ann Samuels. Welcome to the show. How are you? How are you? Thanks right for having us. Crazy. Yeah, good. How are you all? <laughs> bless, bless, bless. Thank you. How about okay. you, sir? Okay. I like that talk, man. I don't like that talk. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they got a little insight into our... Uh, what we do here. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't know everybody in the room was a... I mean, well, I didn't know you all were both authors. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Now, who's the better writer? He's the writer. I'm just the brainstorm person. I'm the social worker, so he's the writer. Okay. Yeah, she edits. She uh, she has the information that uh, to insert uh, wherever I don't have, and, you know, she's the, okay. the picker. That's- it's good y'all stay together because I intentionally tried to separate y'all and cause division. No, nope. but it didn't work. Okay. work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seems like they've been through a good bit, huh? Oh yeah. Well, I don't know about been through a good bit, but they've been through a good bit together. Together. Yeah. He's together. the neck. He's the head. Okay. okay. So, uh, how how long have you guys been uh, married? Sixteen years. Sixteen. Oh, wow. Sixteen wonderful years, huh? And together, 25 years this November. Wow. How did y'all meet? We met in high school, Canarsie High School in Brooklyn. Y'all met at Canarsie High School. Wow. Hmm. We didn't didn't date then. He was like, prom date, but we really didn't date until after college. Yeah, started college. First year of college, I went away to Morgan State trying to follow her. She never made it out there. Going, so she's like, you ain't going no. She said, like, you're not going. Okay. So what college did you end up going to, Tracy? I went to Brooklyn College. I went to Brooklyn College. Um, I went to Brooklyn College. Um, I went to Brooklyn College. Um, I went to Brookl
went to college and then I went to Rutgers. My mom was like, you're not going, he's going, you're not going. But the funny thing is, uh, we started dating like after the first semester, like towards the end of the first semester. When I, I left Morgan State after two years to come back to her, and when I came back, that's when she went away to Jersey. Oh, wow. So I came back for her and she left. Okay. Oh, that's how they do you, brother. Yeah. Because <laughs> then she went to Rutgers. Yeah. But it ain't that far. It ain't that far. Just take the path. You can take the path train. No. Or did she go? She went to Rutgers, Newark or Rutgers, New Brunswick? No, Camden. She went to Camden. Oh, she, yeah, went to she, Camden. she actually uh, went to Rutgers. Okay. Yeah. The Camden, no, New Brunswick is the um the main campus, right? Yeah. New Brunswick is the main one. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. So she went to Camden. It still ain't that bad. Ain't that bad a commute. No. no I wasn't. If you had a car, that Holland Tunnel, you going to catch... <laughs> We had the Greyhound. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. No hound. All right. So, so Jamil, question. After nine long years, how did she get you to the altar? Um, well, uh, I, I just looked into myself pretty much and was like, you know, I was tired of being boyfriend and girlfriend. Because my whole mindset was I wanted to only get married one time and I wanted to be sure that I was with a person that I wouldn't want to break up with or divorce. I didn't believe in divorce. Um, that was just my personal belief. So I figure almost nine years into it, uh, I, I think I was ready to. You know. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> she was ready. <laughs> no, she was, ready. Ready. Yeah, like, she was, she was tired of the boyfriend girlfriend. I don't know what you where you going. Um, but after this, you know, you need to figure out what you want. And mm. it's too it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. It was, no pressure. It was just the no, talk. Yeah, at all. Just gave you a time and date and yeah, no pressure at all. Yeah, no, nah, but it was it was it was on my mind, but it was like okay, um, it, it's 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 time. We're past our mid twenties. You don't you didn't want to be, and we didn't have any kids yet, so it was like you don't want to be in a wheelchair, and we have toddlers. <laughs> not a good so, idea. Yeah, right. So it was like okay, I'm not going anywhere. I don't see myself with anyone besides her. So mm -hmm. might as well make it official. All good answers, sir. Aww. Great answers. <laughs> Great answers. He's been married 16 years. These questions. Yes. No, he's just telling his truth. He telling got the all truth. out of me. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Wow. Um, your passion, uh, Jamil, your passion for writing, where does that come from? Oh, that's from when I was a young kid. I actually started out drawing comic books. I love to read Archie comics. I'm dating myself. Um, mm -hmm. So I used to write, draw, and I used to watch the real Ghostbusters cartoon show in the 80s so oh, wow. i used to draw comic strips based on archie and ghostbusters and then that grew into when i got into junior high school i went to philip scholar 383 in the house okay um i went there and i met my journalism teacher in sixth grade and he gave me the script to do the right thing and when i read the script and this is when the movie just came out so I'm reading the, the script and I'm like, okay, I'm seeing the movie and I'm seeing the words on paper and I fell in love with screenwriting. So I started to do screenwriting and that's what I pursued in college, um, English and screenwriting, media arts. Um, how I got to literature, I always say I'm an accidental author because the Past the Torch book is my first foray into literature and that came from healing myself from, you know, my dad being, you know, he left the family when I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So I realized I was carrying that trauma into my relationship. Uh, oh, wow. I had a lot of destructive behaviors and 
you know, and when your kids are asking me why I'm, I look so mean all the time, I was like, okay, angry. Mm-hmm. I thought, it was, you know, I was like, it's work, but no. <laughs> Subconsciously, I still, I still had these traumas and I had these issues, unresolved issues, because my dad passed before we were able to have that conversation. Once he left, it took 15 years for us to reunite. We reunited at a, at a birthday party for his aunt, a 75th party for his aunt. And there it was just a high in passing, but we never got to sit down and, and I never got to ask why. You know, I went through my teenage years without him and I never got to ask him why did he do what he did and what happened. So writing that book helped me to heal after he passed away. It was her idea. I just, write it. And as a social worker, I see, I loved him. I cared about him. And marriage is work. People think it's easy. The first year is supposed to be all lovey-dovey. Mm-hmm. I just knew that this is someone I love. And I saw his pain. And he wasn't addressing his pain. So I felt like if he wrote the book, you know, it was a, le- a book to his dad, letting it all out, it would heal our relationship. It would allow him to heal that 10-year-old that's not in, that wasn't healed and mm-hmm. allow him to be the man that I know he could be. Um, so that was the purpose of writing the book. Wow. Okay. Wow. Now, um, let's talk about the process of writing a book. How do you start writing a book? Well, How it actually writing a book. It actually started out as my graduate thesis. So okay. to grad to get out of school, I hated term papers. So I said, if I needed to write a paper to get my master's degree, I might as well do something that I that I, you know, enjoy or something that is interesting to me. So um, it was around 2007, the media narrative on the news shows and television was that black men are deadbeat. Um, They they don't, they're not at home. They're not present in their children's lives. So I wanted to challenge that, that stereotype. I wanted to change the narrative. And I wrote a term paper about that, my thesis. Um, And the book came from the thesis. So a lot of the research, you know, if you see the first version of the book, it's like over 400 pages. It's clunky. It has all these uh, uh, references, and you know, so we scaled the book down. The one that you that that's present now, that's the revised version. Okay. Uh, I wanted the book that told more of my story and didn't sound like a, a somebody was reading a research paper. So that's how it came about. Mm-hmm. Um, the process of writing is pretty much how I write. I free write like the ideas. Uh, you know, I, I put a, I do an outline of what okay. I want to talk about, separated into chapters. You know, I love hip hop. I grew up on hip hop in the 80s. So I, I, I wove that into the narrative as well, because I say hip hop saved me. You know, mm-hmm. the narrative was, you know, kids that didn't have their fathers would tend more to go out and follow negative crowds and do negative things that ended up either in jail or, you know, otherwise uh, another negative outcome. So for me, hip hop, I was in my room, you know, writing rhymes, you know, trying to battle kids at school and junior high. So that pretty much helped me. That was my outlet. You know, that's how I passed the time. So I incorporated that into my, into the book as well. So the book pretty much wrote itself after I, you know, put out all the ideas and just, this is just my life story. Okay. Just writing what you know, pretty much. Okay. Any resistance from some of the stories in the book from family and friends? Surprisingly, no. No. You, know, what, you, told, I, you told all the truth. No. Tracy Ann's look on her face. <laughs> the look on Tracy Ann's face. After the fact that he wrote that his dad was a, his hero, that uh-huh. might have hit his mom a little bit because she nurtured him to that stage. Okay. I don't think they, they openly discussed a book about his hero who left him, right. you know, hearing mm-hmm. your mom having to read this glorified book about this man that 
left him, I think that that they may not have the conversation, but I'm a social, I'm looking in, I'm like, Mm-mm. She's not feeling this book. She's, not feeling supporting him. she's supporting him because it's just her son. And she saw that, you know, he's doing something with his life. But I, that's a lot to deal with to see this man getting glorified as a hero while mm-hmm. she was mom and dad all that time. Like, Camille may not have seen it like that, but well the, but the well well, as we know in literature, like a person that reads the words is up like whatever they see, they see when they're taking in the words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and so it's it, it but the book wasn't about him. It was about you. Right. Yeah. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, so it, no, no. When, you said, when you said your dad was your hero, was it that he, and, and I haven't had a chance to read the book. I am going to pick it up. So my apologies for my lack no, of, no. Of, of, of that. But um, is it that you, you called him a hero in that you learned how to be a real father from him not being there? Because sometimes we turn out better. Like we, we might have been better we're better off with the person not being there. So was that the pre- is that the premise that you were kind of going for? Well, the hero part, I was talking about the 10 years that I spent with him. Okay. That's the part okay. where I looked up to him and I, a lot of the stuff I learned that I like to do is from watching him, you know? So that's pretty much what I was speaking about. Um, after I turned 10, a lot of that was just the story, basically my feelings and how I felt going through the experiences with my t- as a teenager, you know, the lessons my mom taught me. So as in the book, I never talk bad about my dad. I, I make a cognizant effort not to bad talk him or to show, I, I'd say that I was angry about what happened. I, I talk about how it affected me and the experiences after that, but I never talk bad about him. I do talk about my mom and how she disciplined me and what I learned, you know, the, the tools that I learned how growing up, she was she was present in my life. She, I thank God for her and, and her principles that she instilled in me. But she's she's not a male. She you know she couldn't tell me how to be a man as a teenager. She can't tell me how to treat women. You know she could. She could say she did it. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's not. <laughs> I mean, but I do think, and 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 that's an, another thing. I think that she could have, but I still think some for some things it takes a man to kind of usher right. into right. that into that because it, it does take a man for you to be a man and a husband and. You know, an absentee father, you can never feel like you're you're over it. You can forgive the person for what they did and not really, you know, a lot of men say, oh, I'm not going to be like my dad. You know, he, he did his best to say, okay, I'm going to be better than my dad. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be in the house. Being here and being in the house doesn't mean that you, you're doing better than your dad. Being present is a whole different thing. Being a father is totally different than, oh, I, I saved more than the 10 years of my dad. You know, I'm more present in my children's lives. A lot of people like, okay, I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm, I'm in the home, but are you really in the home? Are you that 10-year-old that hasn't been healed, that you're really able to love your family when you truly forgive that man from walking out of your life? All right. Well, okay, because to that point, that's what brought you to your next book, Where's My Daddy? The fact that you yes. were present yes. in the home, but not, you were there, but not present. present. Yeah. It was like, I was last year, years yeah. old, when I realized that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to tell him. I, I, yeah. I said, you know, you wrote this wonderful book about being a great dad. Your dad was your hero, but you had ten great years with your dad. Mm-hmm. He was involved. He took you to basketball. He took you bowling. bowling. He took you even Space. simple things. Mm-hmm. I said, what have you done for your son? He's fourteen. You didn't. You don't take him to play basketball. You have this door up mm-hmm. where you're still that ten year old, even though you're in our house. You're present. 
but you're still a 10-year-old that don't know how to parent your, your child. You're distant from him. You don't do anything those 10 years that your dad did. And your dad was your hero. What is our son going to say about you? You're present, but are you being that great dad, being present and really being involved? Put it in, in, your put it in the life? work. Put it in the work. What yeah. happened to that? You know, I said, he left, but he gave you 10 great years. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I'm not saying he's a bad dad. Don't get me wrong. He's yeah. a wonderful mm-hmm. husband. But until I brought that to his attention, he didn't realize he was doing that. I said, no. you're the only reason why you went bowling with our son to play because I said, you could you do bowling with him? Because you and your dad used to do that. Anything mm-hmm. that he and his dad used to do, he wouldn't do it. It's triggering. Oh, he wow. would not do it. Subconsciously. And subconsciously, yeah. he would not do it. He would not go out. Our son is great at baseball. My husband used to play. He would not do it. And I'm like, if I don't take, I'm like, this is not my role. And I had to say to him, listen, mm-hmm. I think we need to heal that 10 year old. So that's where the where my daddy came from. It's not to bash dad. It's to heal that 10 year old that don't have those questions that they're thinking that it's their fault. You know, my husband just kept on blaming himself, blaming himself for mm-hmm. everything. Marriage, blaming mm-hmm. himself. And I'm like, how are you supposed to really love us if mm-hmm. you truly don't forgive? Yeah. If you don't forgive yourself and forgive your dad and just really love us. There's a lot of times she was telling me, this is what you should be doing as a husband. She had to tell me what she wanted from me because I wasn't consistently doing these things. And I, that's why I was, you know, um, hating on myself. Like, like, wow, why does she have to tell me that? You know, I, I felt bad. Like, you know, I don't, you I don't, taught. right. But you I didn't want to use taught. that as an excuse. All and the time. marriage is about helping that person that you love, not saying, okay, he's supposed to know this. He's supposed, and mm-hmm. a lot of women do that. They walk out of their marriage because they have this high expectation of what your man is supposed to be. I saw a man failing. He wasn't in the degree that he wanted to. He wasn't using his degree. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't in the media that he wanted. He's working as a corrections officer. He's not in the field after paying all this money for school. I saw a man sitting in the corner, losing himself, losing his family, losing everything. And I said, no, let's, you know, you can write books. You can do other things if you're not getting there yet. I had to support my husband. He is supposed to be the head. I tell him, even if you're at McDonald's, working at McDonald's, and yes, I'm making more money than you, you still have to be the head of this household. That's what the Bible says. You are the head, I'm the next. So if I become the head, my we're not going to have a marriage. No, you're not. Because then at what point do you, what do you need him for at that point? Exactly. Um, well, well, Jamil, um, during this self-discovery, sure. did you gain any resentment towards Mrs. Samuels? Um, Does it give me yeah. tough when the lady be telling you? No, stuff? I'm being honest. No. Yeah. I, oh, I was, <laughs> no, the message, what I tell her all the time is because the issue with us early on was communication. And okay. how I've I never answered, I never verbalized my thoughts, and I used to drive her crazy, you know. So that I had to work on that, like answering right away. Me, I process stuff. I, it's stuff that I didn't like to hear at the time. So you know, my facial expressions to show that I'm upset, but I would I would sit there quiet. I wouldn't respond. I wouldn't say what I was thinking because I didn't want to exacerbate the con- the, the argument anymore. Oh, yeah. I thought definitely been yeah. there myself. Right. So she she hated that because she's like, OK, I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm telling you these things. What's your response? Say something. And so are you hearing me? Are you understanding what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. yeah, I look back at it. I understand what she was thinking. But, you know, I was selfish in that way. Like, you know, this is stuff I didn't want to hear because I'm like, OK, what are you talking about? You know, but it's upon reflection and looking at it, it's like, OK, I understand what she's saying. And I'm thankful for what she said, because as she said, 
a lot of women wouldn't wouldn't be patient enough and stay stay around to to guide their, their man and to tell them this is what I need from you, you know this is what you need to do. Okay. Or, you know our pride, we take it like, oh no, you can't tell me what to do. Uh, you know, allow me to figure it out. But we we still waiting for me to figure it out. <laughs> I, I thought he felt that way. I thought he was resentful of me telling him like, you know, this is enough. I can't be in a relationship like this. I said I could have married someone else. To be honest, well, um, don't say that. Um, yeah. No, to be honest, I had another person proposed. No, you did not. Yes, I did. Oh, no. I never told him until that time. No. I did someone else come to me and say, you know, I don't like your relationship. You know, I want, and and I said no. I said there was something about him that God just kept on telling me this is your husband, despite what the other person was saying. Okay. And even when he talked about going to the family reunion, I had never known his family. And when he went to the family reunion, I knew them as a kid. I was living in their house when I came from Jamaica. I had no idea. Not until we were getting married, I asked God, I said, God, show me a sign I'm going to marry this man. And that was a sign. He called me. He was like, um, do you know so-and-so was a kid? That's Mr. Gilbert. I knew him from I was a kid. He was like, that's my uncle. My grandpa oh, wow. was like, really? Yeah. So God gave us oh, so wow. much signs yeah. that I felt like, right, I felt like, oh my God, I have to fight for my marriage. I saw a man that was loving, caring, humble. He was everything I asked God for, but he was just such internalizing all this pain, just hurting and hurting. And I felt like his pain also displaced when he was hurting me. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't love me the way I needed to, to be loved. I okay. know he's capable of it. But he was just missing in action. And I said, God, this can't be the man you told me. And God kept on saying, this is the man. Once everything was out and he healed, I finally got my husband after 16 years. And that took us a long time to get to this. Mm-hmm. Well, I must say you are stronger than most women. Uh, uh, is it, okay. <clears throat> is, it, is, is it the part of you that was the social worker that kind of allowed you to understand where he was because I think sometimes when we have I don't think sort of background, you were able to see. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a social work. Yes, I have the experience. I have 22 years of being a social worker, so I've dealt with different areas of, of social services. It's just I was trusting my faith, I really was. Faith come over being anything else, it was just my faith in God and kept on going back to God and saying, God. You told me A, B, and C, that this is the man that I'm supposed to be. This is the man, and I, and I couldn't understand it, that he's strong. He's, he's supposed to lead, and he wasn't leading us. And I, I just kept on saying, you're supposed to be a leader. He would look at me like, I'm crazy. I'm like, you're supposed to be leading us. You're supposed to be loving us. You're supposed to be doing A, B, and C. I said, what happened to that man that wrote that book? I said, you have to stand on those words. And, you know, I felt it would be a disservice. If I didn't tell him, be honest with him. You can't love someone and not be honest with them if they can't see what's going on. You have to be honest with your partner. You have to be honest enough. And you have to be able to communicate what what you're seeing. And you know you love that person. Love comes with honesty. And, and, as, it, you know, and as men, we have to be able to receive that constructive you know, advice and criticism. We have to mm-hmm. be able to look at ourselves and you know, put the pride and the ego aside and, and say, do you really love this woman enough to salvage your relationship or you're just going to let pride because she's saying what you don't want to hear and just throw it away. And, you know, if you love someone, you choose to to work on it and choose to fight. Oh. You know, that's what we, we've been doing and that's what we've done. That sounds like the third book, right? 
Yes, we're actually working on the third book. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, where is my dad? Is is that more of a letter to your ten year old self, or is it just speaking from your ten year old self? Well, we have the disclaimer in the book that you know, there's a note for myself. Where okay. I talk about you know the backstory that everything we just said about my mm. experience with my dad and how it made me feel, and I, I the last line is that this is a conversation I wish I had. Okay. You know? So the book is pretty much the event happened and it's pretty much, you know, the instances that lead to that healing. And, you know, as my wife said, we want to be transparent with these children so they don't grow up into adults that are hurt and traumatized and bring that into their relationships. So. Absolutely. What was your father receptive? Well, I don't know when the, when the first book came out, the first, the uh, first, iteration of Pastor Torch came out in 2011. He passed away in 2012. So oh. I don't even know if he read the book or not. Okay. He knew it existed. Mm-hmm. You know, he congratulated me up on it, but I don't even know if he read it or not. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that mm. was it. I, we didn't have that conversation. So that made it a little worse. Uh, we didn't have that, that, that chance to yeah. react to the tough questions. The last time I saw him was when he was in the hospital. And, you know, I, my mind, I was like, all right, I, See you later, Dad. I'm I'm going to work, and I thought I had time. And I mean, it's such a he died of cancer, so it was just a rapid. From the time he told us of his diagnosis to the time he passed, it was less than six months. She was pregnant oh. with our daughter, so she, he he met our son, and I talk about that in the book. Um, the first time he met him, he was at his four-year-old birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, and it was like he was looking in the mirror at me. The way he looked at our son, it was it was it was touching. It was crazy, and then you know he never got to meet our daughter, but. You know, even in even at that time, that conversation we had, what did you say? He asked if I'm taking care of her. It was the oh, first wow. time anyone in ever, his family ever asked, ever asked, are you taking, are you being taken care of? I was always told, are you taking care of him? I'm like, so who's going to take care of me? It was always, is he okay? His dad asked him, are you taking care of her? And I turned around, I was like, couldn't believe it. I, I was like, oh my goodness, if your dad was in your life, you would be such a different man. Oh, um, wow. but, you know, no one asks. It's always, are you taking care of Jamil? And I'm like, but Jamil is good. What about me? You know, right. and I've, I've always felt that way, but he came. So subconsciously, that's how I was growing up. Just, you know, dependent and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so I had that crutch in my mom and, you know, family members. And, and I never got to learn how to be that person, the independent person that takes care of, you know, we've been in a relationship since what? I was what? Uh, years yeah, old. we were 17, 16, 17 years old, and from that time, you know, I never knew how, you know, never had the tools, never had. Oh the, wow! Yeah. Well, I so, am glad you self-discover, not self-discovered, but you were had help. Yes. Discovering. Yeah, absolutely. So you can fully come into your um, manhood, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Never wow. too late. Yeah, never, <laughs> never too late. Yeah. Uh, an excerpt from the prologue of the new book, a pain that is usually left unaddressed and carries into a relationship and could damage the bond with the next. It can, I'm sorry, um, damage the bond with the next generation. Uh, that seems to be like, I think out of the the stuff that I read about the book and in, in, in your pro, like that's the one thing I think that stood out to me um, because I think that a lot of times we don't, especially men, mm-hmm. us admitting that we were hurt. Mm-hmm. and have some pain right. is seen as weakness. Right. 
And so how was, how was Tracy able to pull that, that realization out of you? Well, I never subscribed to that um, narrative that, you know, men have to be all the time. She see me cry, boohoo crying. Um, you know, I have a, a chapter in Pass the Torch about my stepfather and, you know, and just looking back and how I realized after what we went through that he was really, you know, telling me what I needed to do to be a man, to man up in, in, in all uncertain terms. But the, 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 the tone and the, of the message was what was getting me upset and, and that's what made us clash. But the actual message, I learned to look at the message and it comes with growth, it comes with maturity. Uh, you know, and once you mature and you're able to look at things, uh, I, I feel that you're able to, you know, to look back and put stuff aside, put that ego and pride aside and be able to, to look at things differently and mature and, and, and man up. And there's nothing wrong with crying. Crying is a release, you know, getting that emotion out. It's freeing. It's like a way to lift it off, off your shoulders. You know, don't, don't ever let anyone tell you it's weakness. You know, you know, it, it, it's, that's, that's it's foolishness to me you, you have to let those emotions out if you hold it in it, it's more dangerous you stress you know you, it'll lead to more health problems in, in my opinion um, oh. you have those traumas you have to heal from it and crying is part of that getting that that out talking about it you know you see a lot of people are in therapy we just had mental health month that just passed mm -hmm. in october mm -hmm. you know it's serious it's serious a lot of men are holding a lot of pain in mm -hmm. for the sake of public perception a lot of these athletes, you know, are holding in the pain just for the, the locker room talk and all that stuff. No, it's, 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 that's, that's, you're just hurting yourself, doing more damage to your psyche, you know, because at some point you have to stop attending. The facade has to go, go away, you know. I find people respect you more for telling your truth and, and being transparent and, and, you know, it, it, it has to change that narrative of, being strong and holding back your emotions that has to change. Yeah. Okay. Um, through both of you all lines of work, y'all run into a lot of, I want to focus here on black men, yeah. but you see this a lot in both of you all lines of work that yeah. this is a, I don't want to say a generational curse, but this does happen amongst black men a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like this whole absentee father, or maybe the father is there that's not communicating and doesn't talk because um yeah. go ahead. No, it, it is it's it's seen as a generational curse, but we need to break that curse. We need to break that cycle. And I don't just think it's in the black community. I think it's in other communities as well. But I was just seeing more for some reason. Um uh -huh. but when you do the research, it's in their community too as well. But for us it's that generational curse that keeps on happening. And that's why we did the Where My Daddy, because I don't want another young man to fall in love with someone in high school and love this person so much that he's not able to express how he's feeling. He's just stuck at the age of 10. I want us to really love one another, be transparent, you know, yeah. showing our emotions, showing our true self, not having hypertension because we're caught up here. We're so bodily up with all this fear and anger um, and animosity. And oftentimes, you know, as women, we might get upset and we hold our kids and, oh, he don't need to see him and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's only hurting that child. And that's what I tell people. I said, it's only hurting that child because long term, they're going to have a lot of issues, a mm -hmm. lot of issues. If that person doesn't want to be in involved in their life, that's something totally mm -hmm. different. But if you are blocking that child from having that relationship, 
it's going to cause a lot of issues long term. So we can break that generational cycle. It doesn't have to continue. And that's why we're out there in the community talking about where's my daddy. We're out there in the community talking about different different issues, different social issues that need to be addressed and need that we need to have conversation about. Okay. Now, uh, Tracy Ann, was was your um, bringing up much different than your husband's? As far as well, family, I, issues, or? I I was raised in Jamaica with my grandmother and my four uncles, and okay. then I came. So yeah, four days. Yeah, I had four men in my life, so I knew the difference between mm-hmm. what a man should do and shouldn't do. And then I came into my mom's home with my dad, and mm-hmm. I had a dad. He was in the house, but he reminded me of Jamil that you're in the house. And you just you're there because you have nowhere else to go, but you aren't present. <laughs> So I did not want to be uh, repeating the same cycle of a man in my house. Okay. Not after my, my father, thank God for my four uncles. I have a better mm. relationship with my dad now. Okay. But thank God for my four uncles telling me this is what a man's supposed to do. I was always raised around men. Boys were, you know, I was always, as a little girl, raised around men. They're always telling me what to do, what to see, what men do. So I always okay. knew, but with Jamil... I was, I felt like I was settling. I was like, God, this is ridiculous. I've never dealt with someone like this. Usually I'm gone. I'm out the door. But mm-hmm. God just kept on saying, it's him. He's humble. It was something humbling about him. And I saw through all his pain. Um, I grew up with strong men, you know, Jamaican men where they work four jobs. They put, they were providers. They, they may not have been involved so much. Their thing was that as long as the money's in the household, that's oh, all that mattered, you know? I know the four men that I was raised by, they were, they would come in um, and then they would get a call, plumbing or some kind of construction need to be done. They would go back out, they would come back in, you know, whatever it, it take to provide for their family. So for me, I wasn't used to someone not providing, not knowing what to do. I, w- I, I was like, okay, you're raised by Jamaican parents. What happened? <laughs> you know, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. I was like, what is this? You know, you don't know how to cook. You don't know how to do all these things. And I was just American, you American Jamaican. Okay. He got to learn how to cook. Let me teach him. <laughs> he got to, <laughs> you know, cause it's 50, 50 marriage, you know, you know, where mm-hmm. his mother was like, Oh, you just going to take care of my son. You're going to cook. You're going to clean. You're going to work. You. I said, so what happened to me? <laughs> you know? So that's like a culture. <laughs> is is that do? a culture? I think some. It, I think some some women are raised that way, where the man gets the food first, and then you get the scraps. You know, I saw my grandmother. Sounds good. Not yeah. scraps, but yeah. Not I scraps, saw my grandmother. I, no, I saw my grandmother feed everybody, and uh-huh. then she would get the the little whatever is left. And okay. I felt like culturally, that's what they wanted for our marriage. And I was like, I'm not doing that. He got to he got to pitch in in this marriage. You know. <laughs> He okay. Now he cooks better than me after I taught him. And that's right, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Good now, right? That's right. <laughs> mm. Jerk chicken and all. Jerk chicken and all. Okay. Rice chicken. Everything. Rice and peas. Rice and peas. Rice and peas. Wait, hold on, hold on. We're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. You put coconut milk in the rice and peas. Yes. Okay. 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 All right. All right. <laughs> You gotta make sure, you know, you gotta make sure people be telling you they make rice and peas and they be leaving out stuff. I yes. never heard of that. <laughs> no, no, no. Never, never heard of that. You never heard of that. See what I mean? That's right. Mm. And something you, gotta, you get a real coconut and crack. Right. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta have a little pimento seed, some thime in That's there. Right. Come on, wow. Come on man. 
Wow. You know what I'm saying? Drop some onions on top with some green pepper. Come on, man. Don't go for me now. Yeah. Wow. I know what I'm doing, man. I'm Yeah, I have no idea. I'm obviously still stuck in the Stone Ages because I don't be cooking. <laughs> Cook it all. Cooking is a way of, of you know, it's, it's a love language, right? <laughs> I'd rather just buy you something. Like, right. <laughs> I don't know how to cook. <laughs> you go in that kitchen, your woman be like, oh. Okay. Like, oh, well, maybe I have to step it up. Yeah, you you got to step, step it up. Yeah. 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 What is that? Is that you? <laughs> so forget about dinner. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um. Oh, no, no, listen. This is what we do at our show, man. Yeah. Like, you definitely appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. Hey, man of my own heart, man. You gotta yeah. get in that kitchen yeah. in. So, you, you so you've kind of fallen in love with cooking yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just knowing that I'm making something that you know my wife loves, you know, because she's the <laughs> final judge of everything. <laughs> well, Actually, her grandmother was. Her grandmother, you know, Bukaras her soul. She was like, okay, if she's eating my food, then I know <laughs> I did a good job. Okay. 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 <laughs> so is that something y'all do together, cook? No, she's she looking yeah. like no, he, no. Oh, oh, what is I mean, it that you want to do together? If she's, if she's work, if she's at work and I'm home, I better have dinner ready. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. I better have dinner ready. Okay. Right. I better. Right. better okay. You know, he's talking like a man that's been married 16 years. It's, if it's it, a holiday, we, we cook together on holidays. Yeah. So okay. 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 Is, is that the is that one of the bonding uh hobbies you all may have? If there are some now. I'm going to well, call it a hobby. It, you know, we like, even with our writing and, and mm-hmm. formulating a book, you know, to us, that's our, that's passion. When it sounds good and we're doing good and we're brainstorming, it's something we do together. Um, date nights. Our date, date nights, nights are hobby, Okay. Like going, going to the theater. Um, going to... The spa. Yeah. Traveling. Our traveling kind of got messed Slow up because of COVID. COVID. Oh, yeah. Everybody's. Yeah, everybody's. But, um, Traveling is important to us and spending time is important in your marriage because I love my children, but I'm in love with him. (laughs) So it's a big difference. I tell my daughter. I always want to go everywhere with Right. I tell my daughter, this is my man. He's not yours. (laughs) 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 She gets upset when I put my arm around him. I kiss her or whatever. She's like, I'm like, this is my man, okay? This oh, is your wow. Daddy, this is my man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, 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 tell us a little about a little bit about Task. Yeah. How was that born? Oh, that was actually born this year, January 2021. Um, well, this our, is new. It's new, baby. Yeah, pretty new because our initial company is uh, Wreak Havoc. It's still yes. our company, but Wreak Havoc, even though we try to flip it and make it positive, it stands for Write, Record, Educate, and Create. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff that was going on with COVID in the last year or so, um, everybody was talking about wreak havoc in the in the in the stories, the Very news negative. stories. So it brought the negative connotation back. So it's like okay, actually, <laughs> they're pretty 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 happy there. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty heavy for children's books. So we were like, okay, we we need to make a little bit softer title mm-hmm. um, tasks. The amazingly sensational kids. So we combined the names of both the children's books, the amazingly awesome Amani and the sensationally super Sandy. Uh-huh. And we recombined it to make task the amazingly sensational kids. Now the kids, 
the characters behind you, are they based upon real kids looking wise or acting wise? Our, our son and daughter, yes. Our son and daughter. <laughs> yeah, we write what we know, so we we know about them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Our son is on our son is on the autism spectrum, so okay. diagnosed officially at seven. Mm-hmm. Got a diagnosis at five, but um, the books are pretty much um, born because of our daughter. Our daughter is five years younger than him, and she had a lot of questions because he was nonverbal when she was okay. born around that time. So the way he communicated was he flapped his arms, he laughed, he mm-hmm. smiled, a lot of stimming. So okay. she had questions. She thought he was laughing at her. Uh, she would complain why he's not talking to her. We love oh. him more than her because we, you know, we were so focused on getting him his services to get him better. <laughs> so she took offense to a lot of that stuff. So we wrote the books to pretty much explain to her what he was going through. Because so because it is it it would be confusing for yeah, it could be confusing for, her for, so she for, has a point of view yeah. also yeah. about about wow I never yeah. even thought about it from the the other siblings point of view but then and then when you and then when you look at it if they're already going through the issues of him being in the home but not present and then you got the situation right. with her brother so for her she's like almost doubly missing exactly. yes can you imagine. Yeah, that's, that's so. That's the second book you mentioned. The third book on relationship. The second book is is the fatherhood <laughs> book about autism, about how I'm raising my son, and mm-hmm. and all okay. those stories we spoke about is kind of. So, be so how many total books are there? A lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, we talking like three books. <laughs> no, no, In the tax series, it's like it's. Four books. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or this, the amazingly awesome Amani. The amazingly awesome Amani takes on Judas and fear. Then we came out with the amazing adventures of awesome Amani, which is the chapter book. Mm-hmm. And then we came out with the sensationally super Sandy. So that's four in that series alone. Then where's my daddy? Just came out. That's the fifth one. Mm-hmm. And then the adult books we have past the torch. Mm-hmm. And then we have this one coming. Up, so. Okay. So is this like a package? You sell this in a package? Will you? <laughs> Y'all gonna bundle this or what are y'all doing? Then? We can. It's just sold separately, but okay. <laughs> I mean, sold separately helps profit. Sold separately does help profit. Yeah, it helps profit. <laughs> so it's no, it's no bundle of everything together. Okay. Did you guys do your own illustrations? I'm sorry. I tried and I failed. Remember when I said I used to draw? That was yeah. Awesome. I was yeah. I was wondering. <laughs> That was back in second grade, and that was the last time I drew. So no, I, I tried. You like in high school and college? Heck no, no, we all drew in second grade. No. <laughs> so when I when I tried to draw this, it looked like second grade drawing. Okay. So, so I pretty much. miserably. So we, we left it to the professionals. In no, high school, right. he wanted to be a rapper. You know? Rapper? Could he, he rap? On, yeah, he was on 106 and Park. He won a couple times. Really? <laughs> yes. We got to go look at that footage. Oh, we, yeah. Yes. yeah. We got to use that. We're going to use that in the promo. Multiple can't, personality can't here. It was something totally different. It's a different person that got on the stage. I was like, who's that man on? It's a totally <laughs> different persona. <laughs> you're trained to get uh-huh. the crowd involved. So okay. I had to change. I can't Killer be Mike calm. Came up. <laughs> I can't be calm. And all on the stage like, yes, I want to check. I can't go on like that. I have to get them get them involved. Like, yo, what's going on? Okay. Totally different character. Wow. <laughs> so, but I put that down to for the writing because you know I, I didn't get signed, so I got a little you know this this. Uh, this wow. What, what, what do the kids think of their dad's uh, rap career? Rap career? And they, can they be like, <laughs> wow? 
They can't listen to those lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, that, was, that was before their time. They can't okay. to <laughs> I, I stopped rapping pretty much in the, when, before I got married. So I think that was, I was like, okay, I need to put this aside. That's part of my maturing process. You know, and we're going to get back to the music I, component because he yeah, is a writer. Right. Okay. He has a lot of films. that we're, He has a lot of films, a lot of scripts. So we feel mm -hmm. like we're going to put music to that. Yeah, and so my goal is to have the You're writing scripts also. Yeah, I went to school for screenwriting. I Screen, to, okay. I, once I left Morgan State, I was a theater major at Morgan State. I went to Long Island University in Brooklyn campus, and mm -hmm. I finished my bachelor's in English, and then I went to grad school there, and I did media arts with a concentration in screenwriting. So mm -hmm. the, the screenwriting was what I was doing before writing the books. That was just a- So there is a movie coming. It was, uh, yeah, absolutely. All, I'm, I'm writing in reverse. Actually, a lot of the scripts have been written like this past the torch. That's actually, uh, there was actually a script called The Black Sheep. That was part of the thesis. That's what I needed to pass my master's degree, get my master's degree. So the screenplays are there. I'm writing books based on the screenplay. So I'm working in reverse. Usually the book comes out before the movie. Mm -hmm. but the movie was already written. So I'm writing the book. So I feel the book is an easier way to get in. A lot of red tape, but music in film. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Very many, yeah. many layers here. Yes. It's a lot. It's yes. A lot. <laughs> I've done a lot in life. <laughs> you know, it's, it's supporting his dreams because yeah. I felt like he wanted to be in that sector so badly. And it's so yeah, hard, it's hard for us to get into, to get into that field. Yeah. And I just didn't want his dreams to pass him by and for him not to be feeling that he was successful yeah. in meeting those dreams. So, okay. so do we have this, I hate to say struggling, but struggling mixtape rapper, supportive um, woman? Or were you like, hmm, I don't know about this rap. No, she, she like she liked my music. She just thought I had, a, I had a, she thought she thought I needed a, she thought I needed a backup plan. That was I thing. thought he needed he was good, like the UV baby. I love that song. That's that's my song. But um, he was good. I supported him, but you should always have a backup plan. You okay. should always have a backup plan. I feel like if you get hurt, what is the backup plan? You're gonna marry me, you're gonna get hurt, anything happens. What is your backup plan? So him having his media and, and doing certain things, but he was having a hard time being discovered. His, he was having a hard time. He was sending out his resume, and I said to him, mm -hmm. "Okay, you're doing a lot of freelance for um um Vibe and all these magazines, and you know you're you're not getting into your field. You're not getting paid, so that can't pay the bills. So that's a whole other thing that interfered with our relationship finance." It was like, okay, you have to get a job that has to bring in something for it. Now we have a son. You have to provide. Mm -hmm. um, so that was another whole component of our relationship. It was like somebody's now telling him, like, hey, this is not cutting it. You know, so. Yeah, it's a hard it's a hard industry to break through if you don't know people. And I didn't know really Nobody. know anybody in the music industry like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just felt kind of discouraged about it. The whole, you know, not being discovered. Because the time when I started... It wasn't a lot. Of, it wasn't big business yet. You know, I was I'm from the Big Daddy Kane, Run DMC, LL Cool mm -hmm. J era. You know, it was just, you know, you want to rap. You know, who's the freshest on the block? You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. about you know, how many spins on radio and how many CDs you sell. And, and you could be dropped from this label if you don't sell as much copies. I, I uh -huh. thought about that. You know, it was all about the rhyming and the ciphers. So that's what I got into. But when it got to the big business and I saw it was a lot more involved to get out there, mm -hmm. it's like, ah, let me try something else. But rap has absolutely helped you writing. Absolutely. 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 Okay. Yeah. I've, I've, 
uh, the past the torch. I, like I, I put in that hip hop element. I talk about rappers and that are good fathers, and you know, I, I inter interpolated that into it. So definitely. Okay. Uh, uh, Miss Tracy Ann. Uh, yeah. Some advice. Do you have any advice for women out there who <laughs> are with a a young budding star? Okay. But they're not quite a star yet. So mm -hmm. kind of you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. uh, what advice would you have for them? Because there, there's some women that are with guys who are chasing their dreams, and they might be at a point where it's a little stagnant. And sometimes uh, the women they back out, they bow out, get, get like, a little they, impatient. They get they get impatient. It's not doing, and they and they almost stomp on the person's dream rather than, as you said, you know, help them formulate a backup plan. You know, what advice would you have for those women? I just feel like if you really love the person, um, you know, be honest with them, you know, mm -hmm. find out where that relationship is going. Sometimes the relationship ain't going nowhere. That person don't have no intent to go nowhere with you. You really have to find out where the relationship is going. You really have to find out if this person really love you, truly care for you. Um, you have to be the ride or die for these people. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like I was his ride or die, even though I didn't like him being in the clubs all this time of night. You know, he was all traveling all over the place. Um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure that he was secure and he had a backup plan. Even if we didn't end up together, I know he had potential to be great. Have okay. to see that great in that person. You also have to foster that greatness. And even when I was telling him he's great, he's looking at me like, how? You know, never heard that he never heard that he was great. You know, mm -hmm. I think men our black men need to be supported. They need to hear that they're great. They, they, you need to show them the greatness in them. You know, I feel that's very important. Um, and just to stand by them. If you really love that person, stand by them. Relationships takes time. You know, it takes effort. It doesn't happen overnight. Okay. Now this question is a little, <laughs> just a little, hmm. do you feel the same level of support, Miss Tracy? I, initially, I didn't. You initially, didn't I didn't. Because I had, I was making so much more money than him. And he couldn't understand this. Like, I was making the bread and butter. I felt like I was the man. And I, I was not raised to be the man and the head of the household. Mm -hmm. And we struggled with that. You know, we struggled with that because he was used to just being dependent. I wasn't used to a man like that. And I kept on saying to him, no, you're supposed to be great. You're supposed to lead. And he just couldn't understand it. I just kept on going back to him. There was a point where I wanted out. It came a point where I was like, you know what? I had enough of this. I love you. I care about you. But what I need, I'm not getting the needs. My needs are not being met. I'm okay. not getting the affection I need. I'm not getting the attention I need. You're all caught up in your head, and you and your head is going to be by yourself. I got to. <laughs> 14, years, 14 years into marriage, I was like, you know what? I had enough of this. I love you. I care for you. But I'm not going to be in, in a loveless marriage with my parents. I'm going to be that type of marriage. Not continue that generational curse. So you need to figure out what you wanted. And it was our pastor now that he changed our lives. My husband needed a male figure to really talk to, to really let out everything. And once he got that connection, it saved our marriage because there was wow. a point with our, even with our son, with our diagnosis of our son, there was a struggle. You know, I'm saying something's wrong with our, our son. And he's telling me, no, there was a, so much pushback which led to a delay in services for our son. And I was angry at him. I said, this is my child. You have your own issues, but when you're displacing your issues onto my child, then there's a problem now. I was angry. He was like, mm -hmm. okay, 
I didn't get my child tested on, on early for early intervention. It was delayed because we were going back and forth about, you know, if he was autistic or not. And I felt like he didn't trust me as a social worker. I'm seeing what I'm seeing. We're going to go ahead and let you guys go in a little bit. I just got to ask you two questions because y'all brought up two things from my childhood. All right. Archie oh. Comics. Now, I, <laughs> yes. ended up in, I ended up in Archie Comics when I lived in Trinidad. You ended up in them? Like, ended up liking them. Oh, liking it. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was in the book. <laughs> no, I wasn't wow. in the book. Okay. I, like, I didn't know. Come on, see? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. When I lived in Trinidad, like, yeah. that was the only thing really that I would read was Archie comics. Mm -hmm. And I read them till I came back here to when I came back to the States. Is I just kept up with them. And then eventually I was done with that. That's the first thing that I could relate to. Now, the second thing, you said y'all don't let your kids listen to the rap music, right? No, to his Not lyrics. To oh, to his lyrics? <laughs> they okay. listen to, they listen because our son loves music, but his lyrics, they're too good. Okay. Well, y'all mm -mm. are better than my mom because my mom would not allow me to listen to rap music. At all? At all. I could not listen to rap music. But being that my family was being that my family was from Trinidad, okay. every Saturday as she was cleaning up, I could listen to as much soca, calypso, and reggae that I wanted to. <laughs> the funny thing is, as I go back and listen to the lyrics now, I shouldn't have been listening to that either. <laughs> <laughs> it is different. I shouldn't have been listening to that either. <laughs> but, um, man, listen, it has been a complete and utter pleasure to have you guys on. Um, uh, we hope... Yeah, that's one. That's one bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, we hope to get you guys back on sometime. That's... I wait for them to come in. You good? Yeah, that's that's okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what y'all. <laughs> well, we're gonna go ahead and, uh, and and get you guys out of here, man. We really, really appreciate y'all being Thank on. Thank you all. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. It has been fun. Yeah, um, so fast. Much, much success. And um, like I said, uh, the t I land on the twenty third, the twenty fourth. I'm gonna be trying to find you. To get a plate of food, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah, I'm about to give I'm about to give CL some curry goat as soon as we finish yeah. with this. I'm gonna give that's I got some right. curry goat in the back back there. So yes. I'm gonna give him some of that. <laughs> oh, and I got I got some bust up shot in there too. So he what? he. he yeah, he don't he he don't know nothing about that. I'm about to give it to him. He, he don't know nothing about that. Remember that's when I used to, when I was pregnant, you had to go and buy the yes, road show. Oh yes, that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, see, see. But man, once again, thank y'all so much for being on. We are completely uh happy to have you guys. Uh, we will be emailing you to try to get you back on. Yes. So yes. We're, yes. we're, we're yes. gonna we're gonna annoy you. We're gonna okay. annoy no. you. Just hold up. No. <laughs> Our next book is about marriage, and we we are, we're always talking about with, to people about relationships. We get in. Okay. <laughs> okay so oh, we next, get in when it comes to what's the, what's, get in what's about the, the intimacy, what what they need, what they don't need, what you're supposed to be doing with your husband. I get in because I don't I don't see why your marriage should be failing and your husband got to go outside of your marriage. What are you doing? Are you doing? You taking care of him? <laughs> you know. Oh, oh Lord, now. Uh oh, I gonna hurt some people's feelings now. Hey, you don't touch somebody. You're talking about accountability. You're here. Talking about accountability here. That's yeah. going. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna have to get y'all. Got to come back in, in a week. <laughs> y'all got to come back because we gonna get into that. Some of our listeners need to hear that. Some of our <laughs> listeners need to hear some of that. So, uh, Jamila Tracy, uh, <laughs> uh, tell our listeners where they can follow you guys at, where they can find you, and all of that. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, we're on Instagram, the Amazingly Sensational Kids. Um, mm-hmm. We're on Facebook, uh, the Amazingly Sensational Kids. Our <laughs> website is theamazinglysensationalkids.com. Yeah, okay. Our books are available on our website on Amazon.com, the uh, Target, the Sister Shop, and the Mills and Jersey Gardens. So mm-hmm. it's available uh, everywhere. That do you have any? Do you have any copies on hand? Absolutely. Okay, like I said, I'm gonna contact you. I'm gonna pick up a book or two, and uh, 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 let just let me know how much it is in the email, and I'll I'll bring some some cash. Okay. We have the follow up. We have book two to the Where's My Daddy series coming, and we have the follow up to Pass the Torch coming out as well. We're trying to get that out. Oh man, listen, definitely, please, please, uh, please. Hey man, definitely. Once again, thank y'all for being on, and hopefully, we have you guys on soon. My guys, thank you. I love to miss you as well. All right, we will. Yeah. We will. All right, bye bye. Bye bye.